Today is October 3rd, 2021. This is episode 141 of Back to Normal, so let's get started. All right, in this episode, uh, I have a few things that I want to talk about, a lot of catching up and, and kind of, you know, getting back into the groove of things. I'm still I'm still coming off of the lack of motivation I had for from the Vote Compass episodes by the end because it was just it was the same thing each week, like for five weeks. Um, that's why I'm recording this episode instead of recording it on Saturday morning, like I usually do. This is actually Sunday evening. <laughs> so that if you want a sense of the kind of uh, motivation I'm feeling to get this episode out on time, um, that's it. But I do have a couple things that I want to talk about that, uh, that I've been thinking about for a little while. And, um, obviously the very first one is just something that I've been thinking about, um, that I mentioned that I would talk about, uh, last week. And that's that I'm now back at work. I've now completed my first week at my new job as senior process management officer at NSERC. I'm basically in charge of, you know, modernizing, updating, virtualizing program delivery um, for programs that haven't had much, um, haven't happened virtually, as well as, you know, com- coming up with, because even though we've had some programs that have delivered virtually before without the need for in-person peer review meetings, Um, those programs are all, the peer review is all, was all still being done with very basic, um, like internet aware tools. Like basically the only things that were really internet aware is there were some very basic use of SharePoint and otherwise mostly like email and spreadsheets and that kind of thing. And so, um, obviously you can do better than that in 2021. And, uh, so basically it's, it's, yeah, taking, the ideas that we've been learning over the last couple of years, having these tools, having access to these tools now that the pandemic has has meant that admins through government have had to turn on things like Microsoft 365 and Teams and SharePoint, like SharePoint Online, Modern SharePoint and all that. Um, so it's been a lot to, to kind of get back into the swing of things. But uh, honestly, it happened pretty quickly. And, and fortunately, um, I have very competent colleagues and um, the way we kind of left the project that I had been working on, the ones that I was in collaboration with other people, um, all of them kind of navigated through any of the approvals, things they needed, any of the kind of politicking that needed to happen. Um, it all kind of happened. And so I'm at a point where I can kind of just come in and pick up those pieces and basically run with them. There's not really a lot of roadblocks. Um, there's still a lot to think about. There's still a lot of little details to work out. And we do have a few things on the back end that uh that i'm pretty interested to get into um i was actually told uh on friday that there's a plan to form an internal what do they call it an basically an internal committee uh board to look at microsoft 365 and decide like basically review ideas decide on things i don't know exactly what it's going to look like um i'm basically choosing my imagination right now but uh kind of a way to evaluate things uh, that are going on with Microsoft 365 and to un- like understand the underlying technology and hopefully have some kind of input into decisions about what happens with that technology because there are some major missed opportunities if we don't take advantage of Microsoft 365 and all the Microsoft, um, the modern Microsoft software that we have access to through those subscriptions. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'll leave the work talk for now because I don't really have a ton to say. I've, I've talked a lot about these episodes this in past episodes in the spring and early summer when I was working on these projects relating to the the job that's my full-time job now. Um but one thing I did want to t- spend a bit more time on this week as it relates to covid is um you know the entire premise of this show is supposed to be like once things are back to normal I I probably won't do this show anymore that's kind of the conceit of the show 
And I, I, though I do think as a personal, in terms of personal journaling and that kind of thing, um, the show has kind of outgrown that idea. But at the same time, I do think it's worthwhile checking in every once in a while just to understand um, how close we are to that. Like, are things normal enough yet? Like, I don't I don't see things as being fully normal until um, effectively we don't like go to the office every day. um, Things are a lot more normal or at least like you have the opportunity to go into an office every day, even if you don't actually do it, because obviously things are never going back to the way they were. They might there might be a normal that arrives. Um, that, that isn't influenced by COVID directly. There will obviously be indirect effects, but um, the way I see it is things like, you know, offices are full again, if or as full as they're ever going to be. There's not a health reason to not be in the office. Um, things like not having to wear a mask in public places, especially indoor public places, those kinds of things will, will mean it's more fully normal. But um, basically we now, as compared to last fall, when last fall no vaccines have been approved, and we were dealing with basically just rampant COVID as people were being pushed inside by the Canadian fall and winter. Um, we're now in a position where all, everybody of like very large percentages of people above 12 are vaccinated, um, which is a very, very different situation than we had before. And like at this point in October, early October last year, we were in a much worse situation than we currently are um, with COVID. And it kind of feels like... A lot of the people like the people who are getting sick now are not getting super sick. And the people who are getting super sick are actually able to be treated pretty easily in Ontario and Ottawa. And so from my perspective, um, and this is something I've only been thinking about really, really recently is do we kind of in like and this is a this is not a comment on like medically how COVID works, but I'm just talking about specifically in Ottawa and local to the group of people that I interact with. Um, But I'm starting to wonder if it might be time to start treating COVID like the flu. And I need to be specific about what I mean about that, because it's very easy to misinterpret that. Um, There's been a lot of talk about, um, you know, (laughs) people who are saying to not take the pandemic seriously, um, that COVID is just like the flu. And I'm not saying that if you get it, symptomatically or not that it that the the response is just like the flu but i think in terms of we're getting pretty close to the the pandemic becoming endemic and just something that cycles through the system right now like a lot of people whether natural or conferred through vaccine a lot of people have immunity right now to the coronavirus this specific coronavirus that um that was first passed around the world in late 2019 and so because so many people, there are a very few susceptible to getting really sick people in the in like the, the societies that we like that like English speaking European North American countries, um, we have very high levels of immunity through various means. I still check the covid case counts every day. They're still reported widely. Like the homepage of any local news site will have something about COVID, will have something about pandemic restrictions, will have something like that every single day, all the time. And I'm wondering, like, in comparison to the flu, there are obviously cases of the flu that happen in Ottawa every year, every day. Like, there are cases of the flu. The flu is a very, it's a known disease, but we know that it transmits really easily and that if you get the flu and you get a bad case of it, it really sucks. And it's also true that people die from the flu. Like that's a thing that young kids and older people can die from the flu. Um, 
it is tr- you can treat the symptoms of the flu, but you don't really have a cure for it. So you can get vaccinated, but you can still get sick with it and you can still die from it. Um, but we don't you don't like it's not the numbers of flu cases every day is not made available. It's not public information. Um, and I am wondering, like, at what point does the flu or, or sorry, at what point does COVID start being treated like that? At what point do we stop getting public health reports every day about flu cases or about COVID cases? Like we, you don't get, nobody goes in and checks every day to see how many flu cases there were in Ottawa, because that doesn't, it doesn't scare us in the same way that this brand new unknown coronavirus does. Um, and so all of this is making me think that it's possible that it might be becoming time to treat the coronavirus as a pandemic more similarly to the way we treat the flu, as in not checking case numbers every day, not um, really worrying too much. Like it seems like we're not even coming close to anything resembling um, exponential growth. It seems like we're fairly stable right now in Ottawa. There's a low level simmering of COVID cases every day, but there it doesn't seem like there's a ton of incentive to really be checking, tracking cases every day. And um, one of the things that I put in place uh, about a week ago, four or five days ago, maybe, is I finally managed to get an automation working um, that would look at the spreadsheet of that someone, someone, I don't know who it is, if it's an official in the province, but somebody has put together a Google sheet that basically shares the number of COVID cases in every public health region in Ontario. And they just track this every day and and like there's a spreadsheet where you can see back go back over like the last year and a half and this was something that i check every day and for a while i stopped checking and then i started checking again but i checked this every day up until about five or six days ago and now rather than doing that i just have that spreadsheet i have i set up an automation that if the number changes like when they add the new day's information it will i will receive a text message that contains the number that number that day's number of new cases for Ottawa. And uh, honestly, on one hand, I feel like that's it's comforting to know that things are still stable or relatively stable. Um, like we're bouncing up between 30 and 70 cases a day, basically in Ottawa, that there's no giant spike. Um, but the other part of me is wondering, like, obviously, I don't want to go back to checking every day. Like now that this information is getting pushed to me every day through SMS, I don't really want to go start checking it again. But I'm wondering if it's actually hurting more than helping to not like to check it at all. To, it, like, I'm wondering if it would be better to just not check it. And if that would make me feel better or worse or how that would make me feel. Because like, for example, today um, we had a birthday party for my son who's turning one. We had it outside um, because it is the like it's the fall, but it's still a relatively nice day. It was a little it was overcast. It was but it, fortunately not raining while we were having the party. Um, we were under a gazebo, but still, you know, outside. And the reason we were outside is because, you know, there's a pandemic and and we were going to have 20 something people who, you know, all run errands, do all these kinds of things. Um, but none of the people in my life have been particularly affected by COVID. And that's that's definitely a sign of my own privilege in that way. But at the same time, for me, in those kinds of private situations, like not in a public place, not in a grocery store or or whatever kind of public place where you would be running into lots of people or having lots of contact with people you don't know. um, It kind of seems like it might be fine to start having group like medium, small to medium private group events that are basically normal. Again, it doesn't really seem like there's a giant amount of risk to that. Um, Basically the biggest risk right now is 
our kids, like many of the people in my friend group have children ranging anywhere from like four um, down to basically <laughs> almost almost born. Like we have a, someone who's another um, fr- friend in our group who's due in November. Like they're all between, you know, a year to three or four years. And those are the people, those those kids are basically the most susceptible among us. If we didn't have kids like that, um, or if the vaccine was available and being given to kids right now, we would all basically be able to meet and just have things be effectively normal. Now, we're not quite there yet. And obviously, we're really worried about our kids and, and you know, what we're doing and all that kind of thing. Um, but I think it might be time to kind of just say, you know, with these people, we kind of trust them. We can kind of expand our bubble a little bit to say that we feel comfortable spending time with this select group of people, having things be basically as normal as we can. Like our daughter, we've been, our daughter hasn't been around anybody except like family for the last year and a half, really like with some, with a few minor exceptions. And, and, you know, lately things have been changing a little bit more, but, um, like she hugged, uh, our, like our friends, um, goodbye today when we saw them and like, I don't want her to, I don't want to tell her not to hug our close friends. We're not, we're not at the stage where we're hugging people yet. Um, but you know, like that's fine. Also, she's really short. And so she's like basically hugging their legs. It's, it's not as big of a deal, but, um, it is kind of this weird thing that you have to get used to again. And, um, yeah, so, so this is kind of something that I'm probably going to be thinking about over the next, you know, several weeks. So, um, if I have more thoughts about it next week, I'll, I'll likely talk about it more, but, um, yeah, it might be time to stop paying so much attention to COVID and, you know, because we're not, we don't know anybody who's anti-vaccine. And as far as we know, all our friends are being safe and also are, aren't really close to people who are anti-vaccine. I know a couple of people who are in our friend group who are, you know, related to people who are, are hesitant or not getting the vaccine. But um, honestly, at this point, it's really hard to take them particularly seriously. And, and like I said, the amount of background COVID in Ottawa, especially, is super low. And unfortunately, like as a as a, just a side effect of society, it tends to be, especially in in Ottawa right now, it tends to be low income areas that are that are getting these outbreaks happening or, you know, getting like these cases tend to be in areas of lower income. And we're fortunate enough and privileged enough to not be in that position. We, we you know, are fairly middle class family. And so all of our friends are, are pretty similar in that way. Um but like we almost have no choice if if those kinds of family, if lower income families are starting to treat it like normal, um, we kind of just have to we can continue hiding for as long as we feel comfortable doing that. But at a certain point, you kind of have to say, OK, well, this is like enough of that. I need to I need to start being kind of normal again. And and I think this birthday party, even though it was outside, it was a kind of a good reminder of that, like. You know, things don't have to be super scary. You can be be on alert. And like, if you are sick, get tested. Don't like if you're coughing or whatever, don't go and, and start hanging out with a bunch of different people in a bunch of different places. But um, yeah, that's that's kind of how I feel about it now. Um, the last thing I want to say is, since this is kind of a personal journal of mine, is that at Leo's birthday party, his first birthday party today, um, he <laughs> he started uh, basically doing taking more steps, walking more than he ever has before. Um, he took what we're now calling his first official actual steps, which was super exciting. Basically, he went from taking like at most one step and then falling down or sitting down or whatever to basically taking like three or four steps and then 
sitting or falling down or getting to us and and kind of falling into our arms and um it's just that was so wild to watch because we've been egging him on trying to get him to, to walk for so long and we take him outside and it's like cold he's like bundled up in this big fleece onesie with a hood and uh and that's when he decides okay yeah i've got this audience now i've got people here to celebrate my first birthday i'm just gonna start <laughs> learning how to walk and taking steps um that was really exciting and then we got home um and at dinner time he just ha- he he's been breastfed like very exclusively for a really long time we've been trying over the last month or two maybe to get him to start drinking from a bottle or drinking from a cup and then today at dinner time he just grabbed a cup with a straw in it and just started like i don't think he was getting a ton of milk but just started like slurping on that straw and getting liquid coming out and um yeah he had a big day <laughs> a big day today he's turning one in two days but uh yeah if we can get him to keep walking even more over the next couple of days like we'll say walking by one um it's very exciting stuff it's it's really great it's like i've said it before i'll say it again um obviously the pandemic really sucks but in terms of being able to spend time with my family and still being a productive member of society working from home has just been such a super rewarding thing um obviously I think I wouldn't trade the pandemic like I would if it came down to what would you prefer to to just have the last year and a half, like the year of your first year of your son's life be normal, um, where, you know, you're going into work every day, seeing him three or four at most hours a day when he's not sleeping or when you're not working or being home all the time. And, you know, you have distractions from work and all that kind of stuff, but you get to watch your kids grow up like I (laughs) I can't not take that. It's been so rewarding and so fun to watch my kids grow up, even though they are just definitely distractions from work. And, and that part of it is is really complicated and and frustrating at times. I would not trade it for the world. It's been so rewarding and so fun. Anyways, I'm going to leave that there for now. But I want to thank you all for listening again. Um, this has been going on. They were now in the second year of this show, and it's been a great vent for me. It's been a really nice way to talk through things and figure things out for myself. And I just want to thank you all for listening. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye.